Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Feels good, baby. I will be back here. I will be back here, and I will be back the next Welcome to Fourth and Go Podcast. We are back. Another episode. Um, still in lockdown. 2020 just doesn't give up, man. We had a uh, sandstorm here in Texas. My PTSD kicked in. It was it was a little weird. Uh, <laughs> Matt, what's going on, buddy? Um, a whole lot of nothing on my end. Uh, the wife took off for the week. She left me without a uh, without adult supervision. So, again, um, you know, I asked Twitter again. Yeah, um, she's going down to the beach to visit her visit some family members. Uh, so jealous I can't go. I'm on travel restrictions for my job. So I'm unable to join her down there. But uh, yeah, just me and the dogs kicking it, man. You know, uh, I had a fire out back last night. The house is still standing. Yeah. Dogs are still alive. So day one was a success. Yeah. That's We're good. Hey, day one of the week alone, we should uh, <laughs> check in with you daily. Make sure you're all right. <laughs> um, yeah, man. This uh, weather down here in Texas is going out of hand. We had the sandstorm yesterday, and then it's super humid today. It's I'm, I'm over it. I just want to. Let's go to sleep. It's yeah, 2020 is done in my book. It's over. I don't even care anymore. Um, but this is the Fourth and Go podcast. I'm Javi. That is Matt. Check us out on all podcast platforms: Google, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found. Subscribe, rate, review, and then of course follow us on Twitter at Fourth and Go Podcast. Um, this week we had a very uneventful state of the franchise, and mm-hmm. I usually don't get disappointed with any you know with stuff like this, but I was disappointed on the the content of the state of the franchise i understand not everything is about football right now in these times but um last couple of years the niners have set us up with some pretty pretty good states of the franchise new uniforms the the joe staley extension mm-hmm. just an overall good time I, I get it you couldn't be live everything is zoom called and everything else like that um watching it was just kind of like all right i'm just listening to listen and see what these guys have to talk about but nothing Nothing really came out of any of these um, state of the franchise that they did from Tuesday to Friday, two episodes each night. So was it eight eight episodes? Um, yeah. Yep. And it was just you know regular 
regular John Lynch speech, regular Kyle Shanahan talk, and then of course you know you get your Jimmy and Kittle engagements. Um, it wasn't it wasn't anything spectacular. What did you think of it? Uh, you know it was entertaining to watch, but like you said, there was no big news that came out, so it was just fluff, yeah. right? It's just stuff to fill fill this time in the off season. Like you said, last year we had the uniform reveals and the Joe Staley extension both announced uh, on the same night. Now, usually they would do this all in one night. They do it in a theater. Season ticket holders get a chance to go. Uh, it was hosted by Peter Schrager again from Good Morning Football, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, it was just fluff, man. It was just it was just, it was just filler for the offseason, and I kind of expected Kittle news. Yeah. Maybe on the last day, I thought that's going to be something they were going to pull out of their hat, but, you know, they didn't. So with that, I mean, the state of the franchise becomes somewhat of a disappointment just yeah. because there wasn't big groundbreaking news. There was some news that I'm let you that let you talk about here. But overall it was just it was just okay. It was entertaining to watch, you know, Keanu Martin did a great job, Peter Schrager did a great job, and like you said, normal speeches from John and Kyle and off-season coach and and GM talk, right? So yeah. nothing 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 that blew us away. I'm in the best shape of my life. The Niners should get back to the Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into the news, real quick, um, there was something that did come out. I, we didn't even talk about this before we started recording, but the the way Kyle Shanahan spoke about getting back to the Super Bowl was somewhat yeah. of a uh, issue to a certain individual who always takes issue with anything. Um, Mike Florio had a comments about you know <laughs> the overconfidence level of – Kyle Shanahan. One, Kyle Shanahan is just a confident person. And if Flurio, I don't think Florio has learned, he had the same type of attitude towards the Niners during that Vikings game when they were out there during the pregame on the field and uh, him, Sims, and um, I forget the other guy's name. He played for the Patriots for a while. Um, oh, this, Bruschi? No, that's the other. The NBC's the NBC guy. Um, oh, Rodney Harrison. Yeah, Rodney Harrison. They were, you know, the Niners are overconfident, this, that, and the third. is just a confident team. This might bite them in the butt. And then they proceed to beat the shit out of the Vikings. This is the <laughs> Niners. This is how they are. This is Kyle Shanahan. They understand the road to get back to the Super Bowl was going to require 16 games. You're going to have to win mm-hmm. your division. You're going to have to make a wild card. You're going to have to win your playoff games. They understand that. The standard is set now. The 49ers have a standard now. The standard is making the playoffs, being in contention for a Super Bowl. Um, you know, it it was set with Harbaugh and it fell apart because management and other other factors that go into that. But now you have a good team in place. You have a franchise quarterback in place. Um, you have stud defensive defensive linemen. You have you know a, a plethora of running backs. You have some young talent on the offensive line and and wide receivers. The expectation is to make the playoffs. And Florio just takes issue with anything. He just looks for stuff to have clicks. But I just wanted to touch on that. Anything from you on that? Yeah, I sent out the tweet on. I think it was on Friday when when the article dropped. And it was good morning to everyone except Mike Florio, and that still <laughs> remains true today. So if you're listening to this on Sunday night or Monday morning, whenever, yep, I'm still not wishing Mike Florio a good morning. He is trying to get angry clicks. That's that's his game. That's his game. You know, he's one of those guys, and, and, and I say this all the time, that Florio and guys like Mel Kuyper, they, they were first to market, Yeah. right? Mel Kuyper was the first draft expert, so people put a bunch of stock in what he says. Well, Mike Florio started Pro Football Talk way before there were websites devoted to just pro football. And because he was first to market, he kind of gets a pass on whatever he says. 
And he doesn't have to be accurate. He doesn't have to be right. And he can be snarky and he can be an asshole and everybody's just fine with it. But I think the tide's starting to turn on him a little bit, especially for 49ers fans, because a lot of people chimed in and said, yeah, fuck that guy. And yeah. it just after the 49ers beat his Vikings, he's just been on this tirade against San Francisco. And But enough about Florio. Let's go to what Kyle Shanahan had to say. And he expected them to get back to the Super Bowl. And there's no other attitude he can have. Yeah. He can't, he can't come out here and say, well... We lost Super Bowl last year. We're just hoping to compete. Shrug. No, you can't do that. When, when, <laughs> when your team gets to the Super Bowl and comes within six minutes of hoisting the Lombardi Trophy, your goal is to get back. Your goal is to win. They didn't hemorrhage players like, like some of these other teams that have lost in the Super Bowl have. They kept pretty much the same roster. They're keeping the fourth most snaps by percentage in the NFL. They absolutely have to believe that they are Super Bowl contenders. Anything less is just a slap in the face to the players. Because as it stands right now, these players know that Super Bowl is, is, is the goal. For the head coach to come out and say, well, maybe, that doesn't, no, that's not how it works. Yeah. That's not how it works. So lofty, of course there's fucking lofty expectations. I mean, it, look, <laughs> if, this was, if this was the year after Jimmy, like, this is last year, right? Yeah. This is last offseason, and they said, like, you know, we heard Richard Sherman say Super Bowl or bust in June when we were talking to Tyler Dunn. Yeah, that's exactly but what the mentality is. That's the mentality. But, like, again, this isn't like a team that just hemorrhaged all their losses and, and isn't – it's not like it's not like Matt Rule's going into Carolina yeah. and saying, oh, we're, we're going to be Super Bowl contenders. No, you're not. No, that's, that's an unrealistic expectation to set for a team like Carolina. But for a team like San Francisco, a team like the 49ers, it's absolutely – the attitude they have to have. There's no other attitude they can have. And anyone saying that's an unrealistic expectation, I don't know what to tell them. Yeah. I don't I don't know how to convey to you that that has to be the expectation. Yeah. So it's, you know, Florio can say whatever he wants. Kyle Shanahan's in the right on this one. And I know we sound like we're just patting Kyle on the back, but that's that's the correct attitude you have to have. Yeah, I mean, if... If he didn't, if he didn't say that kind of stuff, I would be like, okay, maybe he doesn't feel that way. But he didn't feel that way the first two seasons. And then we did talk to Tyler Dunn last year um, when he wrote the piece on the Niners, and mm-hmm. a lot of the locker room felt the same way. It's Super Bowl and bus. It was time to shut up and get the job done. And they, they, there was no talking beforehand because they couldn't talk because they, you know, when they went six and ten and four and twelve. But going into last season, they knew they had a good team. I spoke to Adrian Colbert. He knew that defensive line was going to be serious. He kept talking, talking mm-hmm. about it. And what do they do? They go out and, you know, they're the number two defense in football. Um, you know, offensively, they were number two. It just, they were almost perfect. They were almost a perfect team last season. And they they should have the same expectations. Like you said, they didn't hemorrhage talent. They added possibly, potentially a better left tackle in Trent Williams. They, mm-hmm. you know, they drafted replacements for um, DeForest Buckner and Emmanuel Sanders with Brandon Ayuk and, and Javon Kinlaw. Um, mm-hmm. they have the pieces in place to make some things happen. So I, I, I fully expect them to, at the very least, make the playoffs. Whether that's a wild card or division, that's that's up in the air. Division division games can go crazy and anything can happen there. But at the very least, this team should be a 10-win team and in contention for a Super Bowl. So I'm not mad at Kyle for that. I'd be mad at Kyle if he was just like, yeah, you know, we'll see. You know, if he was lackadaisical about it and didn't mm-hmm. set any mm-hmm. expectations. It's just... It's dumb for Florio to talk like that, and that's that's kind of where Florio's at and with me. It's like, all right, um, I'm, I don't know why I even listen, but I listen because I rather <laughs> I want to make sure I'm aware of everything that's going on around the Niners. But um, say the franchise, that's, there that's was. A, <laughs> go ahead. 
I'd say that's that's some locker room material right there, and that's the same kind of stuff they posted last year when 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 people would say, you know, when our guy Adam Rank had him three and thirteen, I guarantee you they had that plastered in the locker room. They knew about that. Yeah, Richard Sherman even addressed it after a game. I think it was after the Steelers game, or maybe yeah. after the Browns game. I think it was the Browns he's game. Like, if he's like, if you had us at three and thirteen, stay that way. Don't don't come jump on the train now. We yeah. we knew what we were about. You guys didn't. Yeah, and he and he went off on him a little bit. Um, but I'm glad you brought up. Uh, Brandon Ayuk and and Javon Kinlaw because guess what both of them are signed. Ding, 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 so there's there's no drama there's no nothing like every year it seems like the 49ers get to like the day before training camp is when their first round picks are signed it happened with Solomon Thomas it happened with Nick Bosa it happened with Mike McGlinchey nope these guys are signed end of June ready to work there's not a whole lot else to say about it just excited to have the two first round picks locked and I believe Charlie Werner is the only one not under contract right now. Yeah, he's trying to get that Kittle money, I think. Um, <laughs> that tight end money. Um, real quick on, on, on Javon Kinlaw. Um, I know I was big on him during the draft process, but mm-hmm. I always want to read his quote from, from his Instagram post um, after he signed his his contract. It says, uh, quote, Grew up trying to figure out why God put us through so much heartache. He knew I was a soldier. He knew I was solid to the bone. That's the only reason I even look I'm sorry. The only reason I took it this far, somebody tell my mama I became a millionaire today. Somebody tell her that her prayers was answered. God, I appreciate you, big homie. Even though I don't feel like I deserve it, I'm going to keep it going because that's all I know. I'm going to go down a legend for everything I went through and still made it here for this. I appreciate the 49ers organization for letting me chase my dreams and be one hell of a father, end quote. Um, It is almost impossible to not root for this guy. Yeah. From his yeah. Senior Bowl press conference, from his mm-hmm. uh, Combine press conference to now this post here. Um, and then, of course, his dad falling over in the video when he gets drafted because his dad's an Iron fan. This is this is the type of culture John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan wanted to build, and they did it. They, they built a culture, and they're bringing in quality human beings to this team. They made their mistakes with the Ruben Foster thing and the Joe Williams thing, and they are learning as they go and they're mm-hmm. only getting better and Javon Kinlaw is a monster seems like a really nice person but I would not want to line up against him <laughs> no, no not at all not at all yeah no Kinlaw's Kinlaw's uh senior bowl press conference really stood out to me um I sent it to my dad my dad grew up very not well off and he completely related to a lot of that um and those you said it's the culture, but also it's not just bringing in good culture guys. These guys can also play. Yeah, <laughs> these guys are good football players. So this isn't like they're just bringing in like good dudes. They're gonna come in, they're gonna smile, high five each other, and then they're gonna go five and eleven. No, but this is this is a good football team. They're bringing in good players as well as good human beings, which is something you like to see. It's it's it's, it's with all the negativity going on in the world right now. It's nice to see the 49ers putting together high quality players and people. Yeah, players and people, people, players, all of it. Um, and it's it's a again, it, it's a learning process and something Jed York has learned from. Because there was jokes about the Harbaugh teams; it was a bunch of criminals, and it was hard to argue with that when two or three players are getting arrested in the off season every year. Yeah, so it, it's just nice that since Ruben Foster, it's been almost quiet, completely straight and narrow for for the Forty Nineers franchise, and that's. That's awesome. But uh, once you jump into that news we were going to talk about that came out during the State of the Franchise, it was probably the most exciting thing to come out of the State of the Franchise. Yeah, uh, Brian Young. He was in, He's the 29th inductee into the Eddie, DeBartolo, Eddie J. DeBartolo Sr. 
49er Hall of Fame, um, 29th inductee. Brian Young should be a regular, you know, pro football Hall of Famer. It's, uh, in my personal opinion, overdue. He should have been a first ballot guy, but we know how the Hall of Fame is. They like to uh, slow play some things. But he gets in the all-time leading sack, all-time sack leader for the 49ers at 89 and a half, played 208 games, was just outstanding. He was a guy, you know, 94 to 07, he played as a Niner. And, you know, coming up as a Niner fan, I knew of Brian Young, but I didn't really watch too much till his later later part of his career because that's when I started to understand football better. So um, going back and rewatching some of the stuff, I'm like, holy shit, this guy was outstanding. And mm-hmm. and he was just a gentle giant, essentially. You know what I mean? Like he just wasn't – Yep. On the he had that thing he he turned it on on the field off the field he's just a nice person all around guy um, and it's it's pretty remarkable at a defensive defensive tackle he has eighty nine and a half sacks and he's the all time leader considering we've had Charles Haley um, who you know by all accounts is one of the best pass rushers of all time in NFL mm-hmm. history so um, Brian Young getting in that's the biggest news of the state of the franchise um, and it also led to some conversation about the current a current forty nine er. Uh, but we'll get, we'll get into that in just a second. What, is, what, is, what are your thoughts on Brian Young? Yeah, Brian Young is, again, like you said, he's one of those players that he just, when I was growing up, I didn't really understand. You know, his rookie year was the Super Bowl winning year in 94. And then he played all the way to 2007. So you think about all the turnover and turmoil that the team went through. For him to play his whole career in San Francisco is awesome. 13 years. 85 and a half, or 80, excuse me, 89 and a half sacks, like you said, all time leader. He had 11 and a half up the middle in 96. He had 11 and 99. That's just, it's unreal numbers for defensive tackles. And, you know, I think we, we the first time we talked to Adam Snyder here uh, on the pod, um, he mentioned that his holy shit welcome to the NFL moment was <laughs> lining up across from Bryant Young. He's a guy, yeah. he's like, oh my God, this is the guy? Like, it's crazy. And, and, Brett, you know, like you said, gentle giant, quiet off the field, ex- extremely respectful off the field, extremely disrespectful on the field, right? Yeah. He's just going to maul you. And he he played, he was an Iron Man of sorts. He didn't play in every single one of his games, but he never played less than 12 games in a year, which is incredible. I don't care what position you play. That's really impressive to never have a year where you play less than 12 games. Yeah. And he started every single game of his career. He had 208 games. He started 208 games. The guy was a mauler from the beginning of his career all the way into the end. Uh, you're absolutely right. He should be in the Hall of Fame. But it, we have is, we have issues with the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Me and you have plenty of issues with the <laughs> Hall of Fame. Um, I don't like this only five guys get in every year. I think if you're good enough to get in, you get in. Yeah. Um, I think we, we've seen some stuff like T.O. not being a first ballot. Yeah. Why? Because you, the writers didn't like him because he rubbed them the wrong way. Shut up. Yeah. That was dumb. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's just, it, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He may never get there, but he's in the 49ers Hall of Fame. And they can't retire his number <laughs> because of this guy we're going to talk about. And that's Nick Bosa. Can Nick Bosa, over the course of his career, what we've seen from him so far, can he become a top five sack number guy for 49ers? Do you think so? Um, I want to say yes, but things change. Injuries happen. But he played 16 games last year. He had nine sacks as a rookie. Mm-hmm. One defensive rookie of the year. So he would need, just to get in the top five, he'd need four years four years straight of eight sacks each year. So 
four and eight is 32 plus a nine he's already there in the top five now can he get to Ahmad Brooks numbers Charles Haley number to get in that top three which is crazy to me because you know, you, you think of Alden Smith and, and Justin Smith. You, you know, I thought those guys were a little bit higher. Andre Carter has 32. Um, DeForest Buckner, he's 13th all-time. He played 63 games for the Niners, has 28-and-a-half. It's um, for a franchise who's had really good quarterbacks, really good wide receivers, really good tight ends, they've never really had, like, I mean, they've had good pass rushers, but what I'm saying is, like, they never had a Von Miller. They've never had... Right, um, you know, a Khalil Mack type. Yeah, Charles Haley had his 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 run, but for to play, he only played. Let's see here, five seasons, six seasons for the Niners, hundred six games, sixty six and a half. So he he was there. Had he played his whole career, he might have might have been the leader all time for the Niners. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think Nick can get there. I think Nick has all the tools to do that. I think if the Niners continue to assist him by putting guys like Kinlaw and Eric Armstead next to him and, and having a, a, a D Ford on the opposite side so he even gets more one-on-ones. Um, yeah, absolutely he can get to the top five. Um, yeah. Can Eric Armstead get there? I don't know. That's that's another question that comes up. Eric Armstead is 25th. He has 19 um, in 62 games. I mean, he has a what four-year deal. Yep. If he has another 11, yeah. Yeah, if he has another, if he averages nine the next four years, he'll probably get in the top five there as well. So there's a lot of between 38 and 25 guys that they these guys should be able to pass in the next two to three years. Yeah, I can I can see it happen for Bosa. Um, I don't know if he'll break, you know, Bryant Young's record because 89 and a half doesn't sound like a whole lot when you just look at it as a number on its own, but that's 10 years of nine sacks. Yeah. Like that's that's a lot of sacks, and it just it just doesn't add up with with some of the other numbers you see in the NFL, where you talk about like rushing yards, receiving yards, passing yards. These guys are doing for five thousand a year, and you're like, oh, well, eighty nine sacks isn't much. It it's a lot of sacks. Yeah, it's a lot of sacks to get. I don't know if Bosa can get there. Um, I don't know if he stays on the Forty ers long enough to make that happen. There's a lot, you know. There's a lot of moving parts, and there's a lot of different different scenarios that can play out where maybe Nick Bosa only plays his rookie deal in San Francisco. Yes. And they, they, I know I'm just, I'm just saying <laughs> if, if to make it to the top five, yes, I think he can make it to the top five. Yeah. I absolutely think he made it in top five. I'm talking about long-term. Does he break Brian Young's record? I can't definitively say yes or no. Does he have the talent? Yes. Is he going to play with the 49ers long enough to make that happen? I don't know. Is he going to stay healthy enough to make that happen? I don't know. I like Nick Bosa. I love Nick Bosa. He's a great player. Yeah. I just don't know if he has the juice to do it all the way to break the 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 career number for Bryant Young. He may do it. It just might not be in the San Francisco 49ers uniform. Yeah, I think he'll get in the top five as well. It's just and then looking at this list, Alden Smith just stands out. He's just the odd one here. Fifty games, forty four sacks. Fifty Unreal. games, forty four sacks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, his career took a turn, and you know he's back and he's in Dallas now. We'll see what he does in Dallas. But mm-hmm. had he been on the straight and narrow, I think he crushes that Brian Young number. Oh, easily, absolutely, easily. The way it. the way he played, the way he played in in Alden Smith, man. They used to joke about him, and I think the same they're saying the same jokes about Javon Kinlaw now. Is Alden Smith didn't have to bend over to tie his shoes. That's how long his arms were. And he could just keep offensive linemen off of him. And he had such a wide array of 
of pass rush moves. Yeah. Right? Like he could he could stunt with 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 Justin Smith. He could just straight up fly by you on the outside. We saw him bull rush dudes like just yeah. <laughs> take down left tackles on their way to sacking the quarterback. It, it, Alden Smith man is is forever going to be one of the biggest what, what ifs. ifs. Yeah. For the 49ers. And I think there's a lot of other players you can talk about. Chris Borland is one of them that you could talk about is a what if. But I think just Chris Borland was a good player and he was a good linebacker, but that's all he was ever going to be, right? He was never going to be some transcendent player. It just seemed like his his skill was just to be a plug and play linebacker. And he was going to be a, a plus starter. But Alden Smith at his peak, was he the best pass rusher in the NFL? Is a legitimate question you had to have. Yeah, he was the he was top the time, two or three easily. At the time it was Von Miller was right right around then as well. And then I mean, who else were you talking about? Maybe JJ Watt. Yeah. But again, different different position and it's just there were so many different Yeah, Alden Smith, man. If he <laughs> if he could have if he could have kept it together and kept his demons uh, away and, and gotten the help he needed in, in a more timely manner. Uh, that could have been that could have been a conversation where we're talking. Does Alden Smith finish with like 150 career sacks? <laughs> does he push? You know, it, I'm serious. No, I, I believe the way he was going is is do, you know Bruce Smith I think is 200 for the all time record, and Bruce Smith stuck around for way too long to make that happen. Um, I don't know if he ever gets to those kind of numbers, but like 150 doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility because like you said, 50 games, 44 sacks. It's almost a sack a game, which is just an unreal average to start off a career. And then, you know, some will argue, oh, it was because of Justin Smith. I mean, you, you have to have a tandem. A lot of times you need a mm-hmm. tandem. You know, Von mm-hmm. Miller right now has 106 sacks for his career, and I'm certain he's going to benefit in the later part of his career because Bradley Chubb is there too. So it's just it's just football. It's complimentary football. Um, so, you know, for Nick Bosa to get there, you know, he, I think he, he he would have to put on – he'd have to put up Von Miller numbers in his first – first part of his career you know Vaughn rookie year 11 and a half 2012 18 2013 5 2014 14 2015 he had 11 so you know just right there that would put Nick Bosa in the top five if he can do Von Miller type numbers so he would have to have at least a year of almost 18 19 sacks to get there to be in that conversation but remember Vaughn did get hurt um in 13 so he did cut his season short he missed seven games I believe so um, he had five and a half, five sacks in nine games um, in 2013. So Vaughn's number probably would be like 112, 115 right now had he not got hurt. So it's um, it is a long road for Nick Bosa, but I think I think we both agree that he has the talent and the tools to get there. It's just a matter of one, uh, staying healthy, and two, making sure the Niners sign him long term so that way he can break that record too. So that's another factor there. Um, yep. The other thing that got 49ers Twitter into got their panties in a bunch. Uh, <laughs> Kendrick Bourne having goals was apparently an issue, um, and I, I shouldn't say it like that, but it's I, I didn't take a, anything from it other than all right, cool, KB, cool. You're shooting for the stars, man. You're, you're you want to be a big, you want to have a bigger role in this offense. You know those things like that. I don't understand what the issue was there. I know the Niners have the talent around that would prevent him from getting to a thousand yards, but I, I had no issue with it. It's, you know, I don't, the drops are overblown. He had three drops in the season. Yes. The one that he dropped in against Seattle potentially could have cost him the game or probably cost him the game. 
Um, other than that, he was sure-handed, third-down machine, third-down in touchdowns. Um, mm-hmm. was, came up big in the Saints game, had a big reception in the Vikings playoff game. He, I, I like KB. He's going he's gonna to be someone you'll look back like, oh, yeah, I remember him. You know, He's going to be one of those guys, and that's where I'm at with him. I didn't take offense to it. It's just like, are, are we that bored now? We need to just nitpick guys and their, uh, <laughs> their, their goals. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, for, for those of you who don't know what Javi's talking about, um, Kendrick Bourne, after Camp Jimmy broke up and everybody kind of went their separate ways after the Debo Samuel injury and the COVID-19 uh, positive case, uh, just basically said that I want to get 1,000 yards this year. My goal is to get 1,000 yards. And people lost their shit. <laughs> like, pe- people like were were dogging him for no reason. For no- it It's just like the Kyle Shanahan thing, right? Kyle Shanahan says the goal is the Super Bowl. If you if you're a wide receiver and this is your you know fourth year in an offense and you've shown flashes of playing really really well, why isn't a thousand yards your goal? Why isn't that a goal? I don't understand this this idea of just pushing back on everyone and just saying like, no, he can't do it. There's no way he can do it. Well, I mean, shit, you don't know. What if his role expands in the offense? Let's say Debo Samuel doesn't play the first three games, and KB comes out on fire and puts up 400 yards in the first three games. Well, he's already a significant chunk of the way there, and if he's playing that well, he's going to continue to see the snaps. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk, KB has the hugest advantage out of all the wide receivers right now because he's the only one returning that has a full year underneath him. Debo Samuel too, but Debo's got the injury right now. Yep. KB is coming in with a huge advantage over Jalen Hurd, over Brandon Ayuk, over Trent Taylor, over Dante Pettis, over all these guys because Jimmy trusts KB. Yeah. First downs and touchdowns, that's what KB does. Jimmy has the trust in him to make the play when he needs to make the play. If Is it a lofty goal? Yes. yes. Do I think he's going to hit it? No. But I'm not going to shit on the guy for having, for having goals, man. Smart <laughs> goals. I busted it out in the conversation, right? Smart goals. Oh man! And it's just like I, I don't understand just dogging the guy for it. It's 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 a lofty goal. I don't think he'll attain it, but it's a contract year for him too. And I think this is the last year we see him playing with the 49ers. That's also yeah, it's so also possible. He absolutely wants to go out and play well. He wants to secure the bag, and I think he's going to. I don't think he's going to get a thousand yards, but I think we're going to see the most productive year we've seen out of him to this point. And I think that he will get signed by someone else in the off season because I think. He's going to be play well enough to warrant a decent size six seven six seven eight million dollar contract. Yeah, from someone, and I don't think the 49ers are going to want to pay that with the with the contracts they have coming up. I think KB is just going to be a cap casualty. I think he's one of those guys you don't keep around. And you're right. I think we look back and we're we're like, man, remember Kendrick Bourne in that Saints game? Yeah, all his touchdowns. Oh man, you meant, yeah, exactly. You remember those? Yeah, you're right. You're we'll absolutely a, right. It's just, <laughs> in five years. We'll do, we'll we'll do a, a Kendrick episode. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, we'll do a rewind episode. Just just Kendrick Bourne catches and, and talk about all his first downs and touchdowns. No, it's it's people people are you're right. It's they're so bored, man. There's no sports. There's no sports. There's like no baseball to distract people. Although baseball said it's coming back. Um, Basketball's back. What? There's no on the first right. Yeah, I think so. Basketball's coming back. So, so some of the stuff will alleviate a little bit of the football talk. Yeah, a little bit of the football talk. Um, because it's just people sitting on Twitter bored, man. They're bored. They got nothing to talk about. People have Twitter accounts specifically to talk about sports. So when the tiniest little information comes out, it gets blown up 
and that's that's where we're at right now. I, Kendrick Bourne, have 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 that goal, man. Have that goal. Yeah, we still have a little bit of ways for the basketball. July thirtieth is when they first play. Ugh. Mm. All right. Well. Whole month. Um. Ugh. But yeah, you know the last thing on Kendrick Bourne, it's just he's a, he's a grinder, man. He's always working. You see him out there. You mm-hmm. know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's um. The team likes him. Kyle likes him. Kyle, you know, talks highly of him. Um, you know, he had 30 receptions, 358 yards, and five touchdowns last year. Two big touchdowns in the Saints game. He had a touchdown in the in the he, he's oh yeah he was the only playoff touchdown for Jimmy Garoppolo until Uzcheck. Um It's you know it's I, I like KB and I, you know if he gets to you know if he's a guy who gets 45 receptions and you know 500 yards, perfect, cool. That's what you want. He's, he's your wide receiver three or four. And you saw where he was in the depth chart on the Niners last season. You know, he supplanted Dante Pettis. He was well over Marquise Goodwin. It, it was just, you know, he was the third guy. It was Debo, Sanders, KB. And you knew that every week, week in and week out. And mm-hmm. do you want him to be that guy? Maybe not. But he showed up when they needed him. And like you said, Jimmy trusts him. And that's that's something that he didn't have with other receivers, with Marquise Goodwin and Dante Pettis at the end of the year. So, um, I'm all for it, man. If KB gets down the yards, cool. But I also that also means maybe Debo isn't back all the way, and that that would suck too. So there's right. just there's just it's it's good to have goals, smart goals, like you said. Um, <laughs> but you know, if Debo isn't back the first four weeks, you're gonna see KB out there. He's gonna start. He's gonna start. Um, you'll have uh, you hurt. If I had to be a guessing man, it would be Ayuk um, one, KB two, Hurt three, and then. You know, you have your, you know, you pick between Trent Taylor or Jawan Jennings or Dante Pettis for that fourth spot, and then of course you have George Kittle, who most likely has a monster year this season. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not gonna knock the guy for that. It's, it, it is what it is, man. Um, shout out to KB. We need you on the podcast. We've been trying, I've been trying to email you, <laughs> DM you all the time, man. If you're listening, holla at your boy. Um, and then. Uh, the last thing, we get into this Jimmy camp. We were going to talk with one of the guys who were out there, but you know, yeah. scheduling conf- conflicts um, happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the NFL came out and said no more organized practices because of this yeah. Jimmy camp, and then we see Tom Brady breaking the rules as usual. And to quote you, take a drink um, on Tom mm-hmm. Brady breaking okay. the rules. Um, do we think? Do we see the t- Niners do, this, do any more of these camps? Do you think they're going to keep working out together? I'm gonna say yes. Uh, I think we'll see. Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah too, because um, <laughs> they're gonna be little rebels <laughs> and rule breakers. Um, I think we'll see. I don't think we'll see something as big or as marketed. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but the way KB was putting that out there, that all of them were all attending and and consistently on the Instagram page and Instagram feed for KB, just showing everybody out there. I think it'll be a little bit more discreet. And I think it was something that the fans got really revved up about. We got revved up about it. And then Debo breaks his foot. Richie James breaks his wrist. And everything kind of goes sideways. So I think they will just maybe not advertising it like they were this one. Yeah. And maybe KB stops posting it on Instagram every 10 seconds. Um, <laughs> because, like we said, he is your 49er insider. Um, and... During the state of the franchise, it was recorded before they all went to Tennessee. So that was a, you know, Jimmy had put everybody up. And I think it's a good thing that they're doing this. And one of the guys, 
had mentioned, yeah, Jimmy's actually getting to throw to guys this year. He's not rehabbing an ACL. He's throwing to right. his guys, and this is that's a plus. Um, Kyle Shanahan is excited to get back with with Jimmy, and I'm certain he's excited that Jimmy's doing all his throwing sessions. Um, but it's got to be like who gets the phone call? Like who's calling? Hey, uh, Kyle, uh, Debo broke his foot. Uh, we were just running routes, and it's broken now. I, I'm pretty sure maybe Kyle was like, all right, shut it down. No more. Uh, but a lot of folks, you know, they're like, oh, why are they working out? And the injuries happen. But, you know, at this time last year, Jimmy Ward broke his collarbone. Right. You know, injuries are going to happen. And, um, you know, folks had a big made a big deal about injuries. But injuries are going to happen. And this is unfortunate for Debo and unfortunate for Richie James. But, um, and we all, you know, I keep hearing, you know, since the, the 2011 lockout year, there was a lot of Achilles tears because guys couldn't work out at the facilities. Right. They had issues like that. And I, I'm just hoping none of that kind of stuff happens. The soft tissue injuries, the ligament injuries, that kind of stuff will derail a team quickly. Um, we right, saw that right. with the Eagles, Brandon Brooks tore his Achilles, and that's that's the first one. You know they go through ACL tears like, like it's going out of style in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... and- the other the other bit of news that came out, and we kind of buried the lead on this one, but um, sorry, <laughs> training camp is going to start on time. Yeah. So Adam Schefter reported the training camp as of right now is going to start on time. So that means we're about a month away, maybe a little bit more because we're recording on the twenty eighth. So um, you know we're a little bit further away from I'm a little bit further than a month away from the start of training camp, and if the NFL feels safe doing it, if the players feel safe doing it then these little workout sessions are good for them. Because like you said, you know, you see it, especially with rookies who who train for the combine, right? They, they train to run the 40. They train to bench press. They train to do three-cone drills and, and the gauntlet if they're wide receivers, whatever it is. And that's not real football. So getting back into football shape is a little bit different. You know, it's it's not just running a straight line. All of a sudden you're having to, you know, be more agile and, and, and you have to do it with pads on and all it's, it's no longer the underwear Olympics as you had to call them. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that the injuries, the injury bug stays away this year, but I think with all this stuff going on, I think we're going to see an uptick in injuries across the league. And I, I think the 49ers are going to be a part of that. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's going to, we're going to run across that stuff. And then, you know, they're adding, making the practice squad 16 players, and hopefully they make a decision on the actual game roster, and then you're obviously your, yep. your final rosters make adjustments there. Um, I know Texas is starting to close down again because they decided to open up too fast. <laughs> um, Houston, I think they decided to go back on lockdown or close to it. I know down here in Austin, they've, they've kind of told people to reduce their capacities to 50%. People stay at home, wear masks. You know, it's... Um, Everyone try to rush back, and I hope the NFL doesn't rush back, and everyone else doesn't rush back and do this stuff unsafely, just for the you know just for the dollars that are involved. Um, um, and speaking of dollars, we did talk about it on the other pod. Uh, I won't say two pods ago about uh, how the NFL can not lose so much money, and look what they did. They decided to uh, put some banners on the first eight rows with mm-hmm. their sponsors and. Who 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 knew? Who would have thought? Who would have thought to do that? I don't I don't know. Any any ideas? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe us. Maybe you. I don't know. Something something <laughs> just tells me that we we someone on this podcast talked about. It. Um, but no, it's it's super smart because not only do they they can they can now play without fans and not lose 
as much. They still will lose revenue because I doubt they're going to get the same amount of money for these for these ads that they would get if they were, you know, actual fans in the stands buying beer and buying food at exorbitant prices. Uh, but this is a good way to stave it off a little bit, and this could help uh, with the salary cap when, when that comes. I don't think we'll see a decrease in salary cap just by this one simple action. Because when you think about it, you know, when, you, when you're watching a game on TV, you generally see the first couple rows in any given snap. So to have companies put their logo there, smart, very smart, very, very smart. So, yeah, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll see how much, you know, how much that brings in for them and how that affects having fans at the games. Cause I, I don't think we're going to see that fans within the first eight rows at all. I don't think we're going to see any of the players jumping Lambo leaps dead this year. <laughs> so, I mean, not that they're going to be doing it that often, right? Yeah. Hey, you know, <laughs> but I think we're going to see that all year. And then it'll be interesting to see if they do something like, I know they were talking about opening up concerts up here in the DC area. And, uh, they were talking about doing like groups of six and everybody gets like uh what thermometer gunned. Yeah. Yeah. Like thermometer gun and they they have to sit in little groups and they have to be all spread out. And I'm curious if that's, if that's what we're going to see from, from, you know, the NFL, like, are they going to be just like little groups of people that have to be kind of just spread out throughout the stadium or if they're going to do, you know, they're just going to say, fuck it and go all in. And then like half stadiums going to end up with coronavirus and they're going to shut it all down or, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But the, the banners are smart. Very smart. Yeah. And yeah, I kind of wonder um, who's going to be the sponsors. I know the Niners announced their partnership with Manscaped, but they already have sponsors inside the stadium. Are those sponsors are going to be the same ones they're going to be putting on those seats or are they going to get different sponsors that's the i guess those are the kind of questions i'm asking um just trying to see where where this money's going to come from because if they already have they have that big bud light sign up there they have that pepsi sign if i'm not mistaken and then of course all the vendors that they have inside the stadium what are they going to do to to put stuff there maybe a big old manscape like shaver thing like i don't hopefully it's not graphic <laughs> i hope <laughs> i'm not trying to see a big old wanker on the damn screen but uh <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah the nfl is they're, they're trying to make any way to make the season happen and make sure they don't lose money they're not going to lose money the nfl is all about the dollar first and foremost they're going to definitely try to do their best to make as much money as possible and then of course you know with the salary cap situation especially for the niners um they have a lot of free agents in 2021 and then most importantly george kittle needs to be signed um and that contract hopefully is close um and done soon tired of waiting on it i'm pretty sure george is tired of waiting on it too um mm-hmm. but yeah there's there's for a slow week there's plenty to talk about plenty to get upset about plenty to not get upset about um i'm just ready for some football i'm ready for sports to get back safely of course um but that should that yep. should cover it man it's um mm-hmm. it's been a slow week and I got to do more yeah. stuff. My wife's got me doing so many chores around the house, dude. It's not even funny. Like, can't relate, bro. Can't I don't, relate, man. I don't. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> it's yeah. I gotta after this. I'm gonna go run down to the store and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but this is the For the Go podcast, powered by <laughs> Pro Football Network. Um, go and check out all the podcasts at Pro Football Network against the spreads, Dolphins Pod, um, Draft Insiders with Tony Pauline, um, and then Fantasy dynasty if i'm i want to make sure i'm getting there right but uh they do have a lot of they're working on getting a whole bunch more podcasts and they it is a constantly growing um network 
be on the lookout for mm-hmm. all that. Uh, Fantasy Force, excuse me. They uh, do a really good job with fantasy football. NFL Draft Insiders did, does a lot of breaking news with draft prospects. And, of course, most recently, Jamal Adams' story. Dolphins, mm-hmm. team-specific against the spread, gets all your betting inside there. And then, of course, us, the Fourth the Gold Podcast. Check us, check, us, check those all out. Check all the writings. Everything uh, you need, Pro Football Network, is here for you. Um, but until next week, I'm Javi. That is Matt. Check me out at, at on Twitter at JavierVig underscore. And check my guy Matt at... Matt Bar underscore. I'm very proud of us. We had 43 minutes that before we said Jamal Adams. I, yeah, I don't I'm even very want to talk about us it. Because we don't think it's going to happen, so we're not going to talk about it. But I'm very proud of us because there's a <laughs> lot of people that were asking me questions about that last night. But yeah, at Matt Bar underscore, um, at PFN365 for the PFN main channel, and at PFN Podcast for the podcast network. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Nah, I'm not talking about Adams. Well, <laughs> if something happens, something happens, but I doubt it. Um, <laughs> but all right, we'll be back later on next this week. Um, until then, everyone be safe out there. Thank you to all the essential workers, everyone out there who's staying, you know, working during these crazy times. Um, and uh, we will be back later on this week. Until then, go Niners. Peace. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.